It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple. And of course, wherever you get your podcast from this weekend as it continues on our Sunday morning. It is April the 23rd for 2023. And coming up this morning, as always, we have seven days of real estate. It's been a busy one and this morning we are looking back and featuring luxury listing agent Monica Too, who was talking about the Sydney luxury high net worth buyers and the problem that Monica has got is the lack of stock that has her absolutely scrambling trying to find properties. So we will feature her in just a moment. Matthew Coombs is also here. We spoke to him earlier in the week. He's in Richmond, Melbourne, about the state of the Richmond real estate market, including a Jekyll and Hyde personality house that he sold recently. And we also highlighted the Kitchlet out of Sydney that got people talking. And we spoke to Donna Lloyd up there in Townsville about the difference between a Townsville and a Sydney rental property. One is stuck in 2005 pricing and the other not so much. And we also speak to Cameron Murray, a property economist, about the state of the real estate and the economy. And we also look at the interest rates and where to from here. So that is all coming up this morning with seven days of real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or a first-time buyer, Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Hey, just a reminder, coming up tomorrow, we are talking about anxiety. We are talking about the stress that the real estate property market could be causing you in 2023. And we're going to be speaking to Dr. Arthur Stabilidis, who is a clinical psychologist. The cost of living pressures, we know how bad that is. We know that the rate rises is causing a huge amount of pressure. So I'm looking forward to asking him some relevant questions that might help us all out. So that is coming up tomorrow. If you're celebrating your birthday one year older today, happy birthday. It is the 23rd of April. You're sharing your birthday with John Cena. He's turning 45. Uh, Chloe Kim, much respect to Chloe. She is the snowboarding four-time X Games medalist. In fact, she has won all three major snowboarding events, including the Olympics, Youth Olympics, and the X Games. And I think she is still the current world champion. And I don't know how anybody snowboards. I can ski just fine, but my legs want to separate on a snowboard for some reason. While we can't predict the future of the real estate market, we can provide insights on what's currently trending. With over 450 episodes designed for the astute property buyer, it's powerful information at your fingertips. 
It's the main centre forecast. And on a Sunday, let's have a look at your weather. First, we go to Sydney, expecting some showers with 22 degrees. In Melbourne, cloudy with dry conditions and 20 is your forecast top. In Brisbane, expecting a mainly fine Sunday with 27. And in Perth, expecting what else? A sunny day and a high of 28 degrees. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. So we have got so many buyers and this gentleman, my buyer is desperate to buy. He wants to buy multiple uh, real estate because he's got three children. He said, Monica, it has to be fair. I want to buy something for my children and it has to be all good. One buyer that will have three children, 10 million each for their three children. I said, geez, you know, I, I wow. will be very busy. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just so much lack of stock. It's just unbelievable. Yes, and of course, you are selling luxury property to local Chinese and Asian buyers and the international high net worth individuals who are coming to Australia. It was quite fascinating because Knight Frank released a report recently about those international high net worth individuals who are buying properties in Australia. And I asked Erin this question. What nationalities own prestige homes in Australia? This will be an interesting one for people to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting one. So I think there are a lot of preconceived ideas about who controls this sector of the market and who are the big spenders. But certainly based on prime residential properties in Australia, the top three international owners are, drumroll, (laughs) UK, the US and Singapore. No doubt you're aware of those top three. I think China comes in at four or five. I think for me, it's because I'm specialising in the Asian uh, international buyers. So for me, it's still top buyers are still from China. And then we have like Hong Kong, Singapore. And yes, we do have a lot of inquiries come from UK and US. Yeah, I think for in terms of the results, what we have sold in uh, probably six months and still to uh, Chinese these Chinese are the people who been like living in Australia for a while. Just re- remember, everything we sell in Australia has to be sold to the people who has got a permanent residency. Past few years, a lot of people have the visa. If you are temporary resident within the SIV, significant investors visa, you still have to pay extra stamp duty. So, you know, you and me probably pay four, four and a half to five, but they have to pay up to 12%. And the last few months, my God, you know, a lot of like permanent visas approved, including the people from Melbourne, from Adelaide. And these are the people who is our majority buyers. So they save the 8% stamp duty, they become permanent residency rather than temporary residence. And this is the, our majority market uh, last about six months, I would say. And all these properties goes to Australian Chinese. What's been happening with your telly show, your TV reality show? Is that still on the, on the TV? Uh, just by the way, have you watched it? I haven't, no. Have you watched it? It's nothing against your TV show, but I just, as the audience knows, I just don't watch TV reality show. It's not, oh. it's not my thing. Well, I think you're not just stressed enough, you know. So normally, so what, I, I watch so much reality show because, you know, the, the work is stressful. So that's really a relief, you know, especially Lux listening Sydney. It, it's like a comedy, right? It's so many different characters and it, it's just so much fun. Just watch it. It's more like a stress li- release. <laughs> yeah, the show, the show is doing really well. And uh, yeah, so everybody's asking, would that be a season four? So it's actually a bit of a talking point at the moment. But I got approached by 
another network. They're talking about maybe do another show about real estate. People love it. I don't. I know it's very addictive, and talking about you know probably feng shui's and you know Asian buyers. A bit of fun, you know.、Uh, we'll, we'll see. So I'll be I'll be start traveling a little bit, doing road shows internationally. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Quite a strong market in Richmond. It's we're quite lucky to work in such a fast paced one because we have a lot of first home buyers that come into our Richmond market. They stay to three to five years, and then they have families and go to the outer suburbs, and then fifteen twenty eight、uh, years later they come back in. So. It's quite a high turnover one, and compared to the 2021, 2022 market,、um, where people were still a little bit sceptical coming out of COVID and placing their house on the market, people are having that confidence this year still, and we're still selling、uh, a lot at quite a fast pace. And you sold a basic weatherboard house recently in Richmond.、Uh, it sold. I was quite surprised. Sold under a million dollars, nine hundred and twenty-five thousand. And the old saying, "Don't judge a book by its cover," was never truer than with this property. Really, night and day between exterior and interior. In fact, so much so that it looked like two different properties. And I'm sure that this had people taking a double. And third look once entering the property. Yeah, it was quite.、Um, it was quite a fun sale for all the the owners. They did a little bit of lipstick and love throughout the COVID times, and had some、um, home renovations. And what they built out in the studio is where they were actually living because it had a service hall studio at the back while they were doing some renovations inside. Was a rock climbing wall, so they used the rock climbing wall in in order to keep fit in COVID when we were confined to our house and just to、um, keep them entertained. What's been happening with developers in the Richmond market? We know that a lot of development has just sort of、uh, ceased. Is there anything going on? Look, it has been a lot quieter over the last year with developers and then them acquiring land and building, and that's obviously due to the interest rate hikes and and the building costs going up by somewhat thirty percent in some areas.、Um, but we are starting to hear a lot more developers looking to buy again, just with the, I guess, the confidence of the interest rates and and people getting it back and, and being a bit more steady. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. And did you by chance have Happen to hear about this studio apartment in Sydney? It is only three hundred and forty dollars a week. If you saw it, it's a kitchen that is squished next to the toilet, with the sink appearing to be shared between the two. And they call it a kitchlet. So if you wash your hands after using the toilet, you'll have to use the the same sink where you cook your food from. It's kind of like a real life episode of the Fear Factor, except you will be living this every day. So this morning we are talking to somebody that deals with rentals up in Townsville this morning. And a very good morning, Donna. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Did you happen to see the catchlet? You, you probably shake your head because you deal with rentals up there. That's right. Yes, it's not my cup of tea. No. It's a sort of a fact of life with what we're living in at the moment, with shortage of、uh, supply. Absolutely, up here in Townsville for three hundred and forty dollars, you could get a two-bedroom, one-bathroom unit all to yourself. 
And if we have a look at the latest REA's data, the median house rentals in Townsville is around $450 per week, which is quite significantly low compared to a Sydney. The median unit rental market is $350 per week. So it sounds like this is the place where people, if they're starting to get stressed in these larger areas, uh, metro areas like a Melbourne or a Sydney, Townsville is the place to head. Absolutely. There's a lot of people relocating here because, one, they can't get rentals elsewhere and it's and they're pushed out of the market because they can't afford it. So it's very, very affordable here in Townsville for people, especially people coming from down south up here. They, they're finding it quite cheap. However, a lot of the, the current tenancies with the rental increases are not happy because they're so used to such a low rental um, amount per week. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. But I think actually what we will see is another bounce. So just like a spring, you know, it resonates and it bounces. I think the economy has some of those features in it as well. And I think that's part of the story of why house prices, for example, bottomed out at the beginning of April or, or earlier. So I think we're seeing that sort of echo of that first bounce of the spring at the moment. Mm. And just in terms of that spring, that coil, some economists are suggesting that there could be a rate cut by as early as October, certainly potentially in November of this year. Now, I don't think for a moment when we first clicked into 2023, people were thinking that. Yeah, no, neither did I. Look, at the the expectations of economists in the market have changed very, very quickly uh, on when rate rises will finish. And, and the Reserve Bank obviously paused at their last meeting at the beginning of of April. And that's given a lot of people confidence that the next move is down. I definitely am on board that after a boom comes a bust and the economy moves in cycles, but I'm not on board with that just because the Reserve Bank has paused rate rises now that automatically that means we're in a downturn. It's very possible if inflation stays high and we get a little bit of an echo of that inflation pressure that they might increase rates a little bit again. And that's happened many times before. I think in the in the 2000s boom, there was a short period of raising rates up until 2003. And then the Sydney market pulled back and Melbourne pulled back a little bit. And then property took off again. And there was a series of rate rises after a, after a bit of a pause. I really wouldn't want to rule out. I wouldn't want to bet too much against that possibility. Now, the alternative, what the market's pricing in, which is the economy will quickly turn into a recession, spending will fall, and by the by Christmas, essentially, the Reserve Bank will have seen all this in the data and be winding back. I, I, I wouldn't be more confident to say that the market's right than wrong at the moment, given the historical patterns. And last time that we spoke, we talked about the impact of these RBA rate rises, and I asked you this question regarding the general public. <laughs> I wonder whether people really get their heads around the effect of what the Reserve Bank is trying to do. I wonder if they fully understand it. Yeah, well, I'm going to be let you know a little secret here that most economists don't really understand either. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, lot of guesswork and, and sort of intuition and, and rules of thumb that we're not exactly sure 
about behind using interest rates for inflation targeting because at the end of the day, the story is that we want to make give you a high return for saving so that the decision of households to spend or save is switched away from spending towards saving because you get more money in the bank. It's more expensive to borrow, to buy a new car or a house. And what we're trying to do is essentially make people stop spending money. So do you think people in general have stopped spending the money we're required? No, I think is, is, is the answer to that. Yeah, as I said last time we spoke, there's a lot of intuition here about how this works. But one of the parts uh, we forget is, is sometimes people want to bring spending forward when rates are rising to avoid higher rates in the future. There's another element that we don't always factor in, and potentially that's happening now. People are expecting rates to be higher in the future. They're expecting to have more money so they, they can justify spending now. I don't have a, a strong answer for whether the RBA is happy with how spending's going. They obviously think that some adjustment has happened, which is why they've stopped raising rates. But the big thing I think they've got their eye on is the mortgage interest rate cliff, and I'm sure everyone's heard about this. And I guess my thoughts on that are that this problem is, is much smaller than many people think because it's well known in advance. It's not going to be a sudden surprise hit to people's bank balances. They, they know it's coming. They've known for a year and they've had plenty of time to build up their offset accounts and things like that. So my personal view is probably more to the side that the mortgage cliff is not such a big deal compared to where I think the RBA is that thinks it probably is a big deal. So if we pause rates now, even though spending kind of strong in the next six months we will see as people's mortgage repayments go up the effect of what we've done with rates in the last 12 months we connect you to the best real estate information across australia the real estate podcast 